Welcome to the Pokes Podcast, the official podcast of the College of Arts and Sciences here at Oklahoma State University. I'm Elizabeth Gosney, Manager of Marketing and Communications for CAS, and today I'm joined by the director of OSU's Cowboy Marching Band, Dr. Phil Vallejo, and two members of the band, Alan Campbell and Rosalind Hodge. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, before we jump in, can you each introduce yourself so our listeners know which voice belongs to who? My name is Rosalind Hodge. I just finished my junior year. I'm a flute player in the marching band, and I'm from Moore, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm Alan Campbell. I'm a tuba player in the marching band. I just finished up my sophomore year. And my name is Dr. Vallejo, and I am the director of the Cowboy Marching Band. Perfect. My next question was going to be, what instruments do you all play? So <laughs> Alan and Russell already said, but Dr. Vejo, how what instruments do you play? I have a main instrument. Okay, yeah. Do you want to guess what it is? Oh, no. <laughs> is it? Well, I have a good friend who's a, a drum a percussionist, so I'm going to say drums. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, she teaches high school band um, out in McLeod. So. Living the life. Yeah, so, she yeah. loves it, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And where are you originally from? I'm from Riverbank, California, which is uh, uh, just a couple hours south of the state capital, Sacramento. So when did you come out here to Oklahoma? The end of June last year. Oh, really? So I got a call on June 20th, and uh, a week later, we grabbed our truck and trailer and just came out here to look for housing, and then we left it here. We flew home, and then a month later, we packed up our house, and we moved Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background since you are new here and you are leaving? What were you doing before you came to OSU? So I am 45 right now, and I went back to school at 42 to uh, work on my doctorate. So I attended Arizona State University, uh, which was funny because we played Arizona State here. So a year before that, I was taking pictures with, you know, the Sun Devil. And now I was taking pictures with like, you know, Pistol Pete. And now they're together. And so it's kind of weird. But uh, so I graduated last spring. And so then got this job really late in the year. And so it was kind of set up as a visiting because typically anything that happens this late into the year mm-hmm. doesn't have enough time to do like a true national search. So so they threw it out there and offered me one year. And I said, well, hey, this would be a great experience um, because it's it's not normal that most people don't end up with their first college teaching job with a program like this. Yeah, big program, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, well, I'm going to take this uh, opportunity and make the best of it. It 100% benefited my future because I I have a new job and I'm going to be a director of bands at Marshall University in West Virginia. Very cool. And so I can't say that it wouldn't have happened without this, but I can definitely say that this has positively impacted my life in even without that job. You know, since I, all my experience prior to that was in high school, and I loved teaching high school. And uh, and I would have gone back, just Oklahoma State called. And uh, when Oklahoma State calls, you answer your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and you say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we did. That's super cool. Can you kind of set the scene for us? So it's the first home game of the football season. You're in Boone Pickens Stadium. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Kind of what's going through your heads? I'll let them start because their view is the most important as students, you know. For me, it's like ethereal. (laughs) I love marching band so much. So what we do is we basically spend all day. We rehearse in the morning and then we perform and then we march to the stadium and then we do our run on. So my favorite part is the lead up into the stadium when we're under 
waiting and you could just hear the entire stadium booming Mm -hmm. and the paddle people are banging and then the drums start and then we just start running. So it's a lot of high positive energy, especially down in the tunnels with all the band kids. So, I mean, yeah, the tubas, we do a little traditional like huddle before we leave the tunnels. That's probably like the coolest part of it is like when we first started doing that, it was really loud, a little little violent, (laughs) possible injury one or two. But uh, no, I mean, it's just when you step on the field, I just see a bunch of people. I'm like, dang, that's that's a lot of people. Don't trip. <laughs> it's really it's number one, but it's definitely a lot of fun to go onto the field and do run on and all that. Yeah. Are there is there nerves or are you okay because you you have this big group around you? I think a little bit of nerves, but once you kinda hear the whistle and they go, uh, it's do or die, it's pretty easy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of adrenaline because like you're carrying usually instruments are big. I'm a flute, so it's not that big, but <laughs> you're carrying this huge piece of metal and there's hundreds of people around you and you're just sprinting full force so it's a lot of high adrenaline stuff yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean as somebody who was new to seeing all this you know i I didn't change anything i just kind of lived it with them and to me it was there's so many parts of the day so obviously there's the rehearsal but on the game day rehearsals there's the thing that the tubas do on game days only right and at the end of what they do i'm supposed to say good morning tubas and that's like this is a tradition right and i didn't know and somebody came and grabbed me and they're like you got to go to the ladder and you have to say this to the tubas i'm like okay um and then and then we have a game day breakfast or lunch depending on game start time and then uh you know a portion of the band goes to eskimo joe's and plays for people there and that's really cool uh, because there's a lot of people on there and they're so fired up to see the marching band and uh and then we have a little concert outside of the Seratine in front of the Bartlett. And there's a lot of people there for that. And so then, oh, well, before that, the drum line actually leads the football team to the stadium. And that's really cool. Like as somebody who's never experienced that, like you're standing in front of the drum line. So like I'm, I'm in essence, like I'm at the front of all of this, right? Yeah. And so they come through the band, they get behind the drum line, and then the, t- the rest of the band is on the other end at the stadium making another tunnel mm-hmm. to invite them into the stadium. And then, of course, at the end, Coach Gundy, like he always shakes Wayne's hand. Uh, the percussion teacher has been here for 37 years yeah. so they have very much like superstitious thing like <laughs> got to shake Wayne's hand right so and uh and then they come through and, and it's it's incredible you know just to see all of that and then the band heads over we do our concert and then we parade through the area and then back down underground and when we get to the indoor part of the tunnel the people in the front they start a chant that that I have only really ever heard with soccer which is the Ole, uh-huh. ole. And because of the acoustics in there, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, you know, and just kind of getting all of these emotions at the same time, like the first day, just kind of experiencing every single thing. It really uh, made me think about like, man, this freshman in the band must be just like their brains must just be on overload at this <laughs> moment just from the amount of emotion that they're taking in because it's incredible, you know, um, yeah. to see all of that, that, you know, years and years and years of tradition that just kind of make their way into every game day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you came, you came here in June, mm-hmm. so this was your first pa- season this past season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so learning all this, but Alan, you grew up in Stillwater. And, and so do you remember your first memories of the marching band? I really and solely remember the most. It's just when there was an old thing with tubas that they would walk through the tailgating areas 
before the game. I don't even know what time they do it. But they would stop and you could pay them like 20 bucks and they would play the song Spain, which is our most requested song by literally anybody. And you would just sit there and I would hand a dude a 20 buck and I'd be like, do you play that? Like at my tailgate just to annoy them. (laughs) And they would do it every time with a big old smile. (laughs) That's cool. And then, I mean, yeah, that and then I remember some of the halftime shows from earlier, but they all kind of get mixed into the actual football games. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I want to do that little tuba thing that I can blind in people's face and they pay <laughs> me for it. So have you had the chance to do that? <laughs> Not yet. It's a seniors, like a senior junior thing for homecoming. Got it. Got it. Well, it's something to look forward to then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Rosalyn, do you, did you have plans to come to OSU? You're from Moore, right? Mm-hmm. So, or did you, or did you have plans to just be in the marching band? What kind of went through your head as you were going through junior high and high school? So I knew I always wanted to be something to do with music. But then my senior year, I didn't know where I was going, whether it'd be OU or OSU. Mm-hmm. But I eventually figured out I was going to OSU because my sister goes here. And I came in very nervous to do music because I we had COVID. I had not practiced for a long time. Um, so I initially started out as a math major. So I was a math major for one semester. I wasn't in marching band or anything. And then I decided like I need music in my life. So I really just transitioned to music pretty quickly from there. Yeah, so. nice. So you're a music ed major, yes. right? Okay. And and so how what has your experience been with the marching band? Were you in marching band in, in high school? I or? was, yes. You were, okay. Mm-hmm. And Marching band started in high school, and I that was really where my passion for like band and music education grew was being in marching band because it's really just usually a positive environment um, where you make a lot of friends, and that was like my favorite part about it. I felt really passionate about it in high school. I was always on the leadership team and stuff like that. So when I didn't do marching band coming into college, I really was missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now that I've done it, I'm so glad I have because it's a really different experience, college marching band, compared to high school. You get a lot more freedom and honestly, like closer bonds with people because you're spending so much more time with them. So I think to no one's surprise, getting to that that first home football game uh, starts way in advance, right? So can you all walk us through kind of the timeline of auditions and practices and then what I assume is going to be the full dress rehearsals? Yeah, so the auditions happen anywhere between February 1st and including in the band camp. And so that's just auditioning for the band itself. Once you're in, and that includes color guard and percussion. However, color guard and percussion, they have set auditions that are in April and May. And once that's done, like you can't necessarily add in after that because Mm -hmm. they have a specific amount of spots uh, that they, they, we only own so many drums. Yeah. And so uh, when we get to band camp, we spend the first day as just freshmen, and and then the rest of the week is uh, everyone. Okay. And during that time, there is a second set of auditions. Uh, that audition is to basically determine, I, I won't say rank because it's not like you can necessarily outrank someone and tell them what to do, but it does put everyone in an order. Mm-hmm. Right. And because pregame has also a limited amount of spots. So this year we had about 325 members in the marching band and uh, pregame is written for 264 members. And we did expand it by 10 to include uh, a few more members of the color guard. But that still means that there's 50 people who don't get to participate in pregame. And so what happens is that they become a part of a rotation and uh, so that they know 
that they're going to have the opportunity to be a part of pregame and they can see what game is going is going to rotate to them mm-hmm. so that way uh they can inform their family you know because if a parent's coming from far away and they thought their child was going to be on the field uh I try and be empathetic to that <laughs> you know yeah. and so that's that's kind of how you earn your spot for pregame during marching band at least this year everyone participated in in every show except for the first one we did have alternates but we performed that show twice so everyone got a shot at it and i think there was some other in the years past there were some other ways where there was a kind of a rotation so not necessarily the whole band at every show but a rotation as well and i think it was audition every Every time there was a new show, there yeah. was an audition. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and that's not, that's not uh, abnormal. To, to Lots of universities do that. You know, it's like the goal is to be really, really good. So who, who wants it bad enough, you know? Yeah. So it does add a little bit of pressure for me being a new professor mm-hmm. with a college marching man. You know, just I wanted to be as inclusive as possible. But as... I went through the year, I could see like some value in, in the other ways of doing it. And, you know, maybe considering like, how would I do a hybrid of that in order to make sure that that students have a lot of pride about what they're putting on in the field. And uh, this year, our first game was two weeks after we started band camp. So the students had to learn all of pregame and an entire halftime show. And that was a lot, you know, that was a lot to ask and a lot of pressure I wouldn't say it was a negative experience, but it certainly wasn't as positive as, of an experience as it could have been because it's just, you know, people are stressed like that maybe they didn't get into the class that they wanted to or maybe they saw the syllabus and were like, whoa, you know, and <laughs> and meanwhile, they're like, learn this, learn this, memorize this, you know, and make sure you get your your shoes from Archie Man from Diane and, and make sure your all your stuff fits and all the gear, you know, it's a lot. Uh, stuff for uh, anyone to take on. And uh, luckily, through the leadership and the drum majors, who are also part of leadership, they kind of weathered that storm for us all because it wasn't just I that was that was new, but the director of bands, he was new, mm-hmm. and the assistant director of bands, she was new. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the first time we ever met each other in person was on August 1st, and we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do <laughs> to make sure that we honor traditions of Oklahoma State and serve the students and what they what they deserve. How much music are all the students learning then for each show? How much is that that they're coming in with two weeks of practice and having to know? We typically try and make our shows no longer than six minutes long. Most of the time it's three different tunes, mm-hmm. uh, so around two minutes each. And then with each one of those tunes, we would aim for six to eight sets of drills so six to eight different pictures on the field Mm -hmm. so for any given show they might learn six minutes of music and 18 to 24 pictures right and some of the pictures are really simple like hey you're in a block now we're going to float the whole block down so you really didn't do much other than move forward but then we did bohemian rhapsody show and we created two bikes and to shape them from up top because it's one thing you see them on paper, but then once it gets on the field, you kind of have to manipulate them just by moving people around. Uh, Dr. Moore, she she put this giant cowboy hat mm-hmm. on the field, and then she wanted to tip the hat as like tipping her hat to the audience, right? Uh-huh. And so that was just a matter of like, okay, everybody kind of move like this way and then come back and uh and so those sometimes those ideas take a little bit longer but um so they have 
again, six minutes, 18 to 24 pictures, but they do that five times throughout the year, right? Wow. So now you're talking about 30 minutes worth of music memorized and 90 to 120 drill pages for one season and pre-game, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I would say a lot of the music, and they can answer it best, um, when we call pep tunes, a lot of that stuff is probably memorized, yeah? Mm-hmm. And there's how what we have an average of what maybe 20 tunes that we rotate through wow. and so they have all that memorized as well wow so. and they'll just like call it out in the middle of a game while I'm while we're watching they'll just be like okay play Verdi and we all have to remember all the notes right on the spot wow do you write and cheat uh, cheat codes or whatever on your arm. <laughs> Some people have little books with like small pages of the music. Oh, we really? also have it on our phone so sometimes the flutes will like try to balance it on our arms while we play oh wow. But it's, there's not enough time for that usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get into it. That's pretty crazy. Can you tell me more about the movement on the field uh, marching around? Because it looks like, oh, how hard can it be? You're just walking. But can you tell me what that involves? It's not as easy as that. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different, like, weird movements you got to do with your feet. If you're ever moving backwards, you got to keep your heels off the ground. So you're just basically toe walking or platform gliding backwards. Oh, wow. At least for the tuba, it's a big strain on your calves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Now, is it true that you can't move something about your waist, your upper body versus you your lower body? N- normally keep it to the sideline that you're intended to face. Yeah. Everything I've ever heard is like your upper body stays completely still. You look like you're standing still, but your legs are moving. Okay. And all the movement is coming from like the waist. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. And so if one person is off, now I'm just curious about this, like if one person is off, are you relying on the people around you or do you have to do your own figuring out of things or how does that work? I do damage control. So if it's somebody (laughs) next to me and they're a little off, I'll try to make it to where it looks less off, Mm -hmm. which is the goal. So in theory, then everybody else should look better. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's just a disconnect somewhere and you just got to go on and just act like it just didn't happen. We have this phrase called, like, fitting the form. So if one person's completely wrong, you kind of have to, like, deal with it and just make it work, like Alan was saying. I mean, you could be stubborn, right? And then then it all looks bad. (laughs) Um, Or you just kind of adjust. So uh, there are certain schools of thought where you just say, if everyone's exactly on their dot, you know, on the page, then they'll be fine, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's the, that's really hard to do. First of all, uh, uh, especially with people, some people who haven't marched this much drill. And so then we adjust the form, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to create a triangle and it's, you know, five steps off of where it's supposed to be, well, no one sees that. They just see the triangle, right? Yeah. And so you just kind of adapt. Oh. Can you describe for for people who've never done marching band how how it is to not only memorize all this music and learn these steps, but then, you know, have the potential discomfort of a of a uniform and 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 all that going on? So, in the uniforms, <laughs> they're this like scratchy material, mm-hmm. and you have to wear like your underclothes. We all wear the same undershirts. We have a cowboy marching band short shirt and then orange shorts, um, and then when you put on the bibbers. Usually we're inside when we put them on, so it's not that bad. And then you get outside, and it's just like heat barreling down on you. And you're running around. You can't take it off because there's not really time in between. Some games, they'll let us take the jackets off, Mm -hmm. but we all have to do the same thing. So if some people don't want to, we 
have to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really warm. The cowboy hats also get really warm because they're like suede kind of, and it's just ugh, radiating heat up there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe very Maybe there physical. should be a petition for, you know, shorts or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, there should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys handle that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. In addition to the the potentially very uncomfortable uniforms. Uh, what are some of the other unique challenges of being in the marching band? I mean, one of the other parts of like the uniforms that no one really thinks about that are completely weird are the shoes, mm-hmm. the what we call dinkles. But uh, <laughs> they're just like rounded heeled shoes that like makes you look smoother, flow better on the field. Mm-hmm. But they're very, very thick and hot. Mm. And so it really adds to the the whole uniform yeah. during the summer. And no arch support. Either. No, none. <laughs> really? It's completely flat. Oh. I put my own inserts in them, still none. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think uh, something that is challenging is while our biggest fans or their biggest fans are the fans, some of the toughest people to deal with are the fans for whatever reason, you know, whether that's just people being, trying to be funny or, you know, sometimes there are intoxicated people in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're shocked. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, that can sometimes be challenging. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, we go to other games. The game at, at OU was, was uh, very challenging. We, we were put in an area that was surrounded by OU fans, and uh, they did not like that. And, mm. uh, and, um, and, you know, we just kind of focused and did what we were there to do, which was to support the football team. And I thought the students did a great job. But nonetheless, you know, it's something that you kind of have to learn how to deal with, you know, I mean, at, at no point was there any less than 50 middle fingers pointed at us every time we played. Right. And so you just kind of have to learn as a, as a group, how to have thick skin to that and uh, know that that's not a direct reflection on, on the university of Oklahoma. It's just fans that have just probably seen it done before and think that that's what you're supposed to do to opposing bands. And, um, you know, but for us, we just need to focus on like, how to, how can they be the best performers and the best supporters of the of cowboy football? You know. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Russell? Any unique challenges? Um, I was definitely going to mention like fans and opposing fans because that that bedlam game was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> just because we line up right on the field, right next to the student section, so they were like throwing things at us and like kind of like yelling at us different things. So it was kind of a lot. But um, other than that, just, like, how much physical work goes into marching band, because you don't really think about it, but we're moving a lot. Like you said, it's very hot. Um, There's been people, like, pass out at rehearsals I've been to and stuff like that. Crazy stuff happens. So it's a lot of, like, physical toll. Switching gears a little bit from the challenges to the benefits, um, I know, Dr. Vallejo, you studied music in school. Rosalind, you were in school for music ed. So... In your opinions, what are the future career benefits of being in a band or an ensemble as a student? So from my experience so far, what I want to teach is high school and pretty much anywhere in this area, you're going to have to teach marching band if you're in high school. So 
It's very beneficial to see kind of how a higher level marching band runs. So then moving forward in my career, I could sort of implement things that Dr. Vallejo and the staff have implemented and stuff like that. So I think it's really beneficial to also understand the community that it is by being a part of it. Um, Because when you're a band director, like you want to enhance that community as best you can. So for me, being there right now is really helping with my career growth, I think. Absolutely. And I, I think Rosalind hit on a lot of the points as to how we approach, you know, what we do in our rehearsals, trying to make sure that students can walk away with something that they can use when they stand in front of their bands at some point. But then beyond that, you know, we want to create an environment where students learn about teamwork, right? Mm-hmm. They learn um, how to be empathetic with others that um, you never know what uh, baggage people are bringing onto the field with them that day. And yet we're trying to create this one family atmosphere, uh, something that we want them to take with them into whatever majors they're coming into uh, or they're going to leave with, right? So, And we want them to learn how to work hard, you know, and, and so all these skills that they can apply. You know, when you teach high school, I think for me, uh, I would talk to my students about, yeah, you know, they all want to win, you know, those marching band competitions. But, you know, you remind them that those trophies are going to sit on the lockers and collect us for years and years and years. And But what you're going to walk away with is this work ethic that uh, you can apply to whatever you want to do in your life. And so I think most college marching bands consist of at least half majors and half non-majors. In some places, it's higher or lower between the two different groups. But at the end of the day, the one thing they do share is they're all having to work just as hard as the next person. So between the music students taking lessons on what they can apply and everyone taking lessons on how they can learn how to work with others, be leaders, and then also be hard workers. Uh, those are the things that, that uh, we can all yield, and, and staff included, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to push the students. I want the students to push me back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because we're also, you know, we're, we're, the, we're also trying to develop all these ideas. And so we live off of their energy too, you know, because uh, when, <laughs> when we were getting ready for the Iowa State game, oh my gosh, I'd never experienced marching men in that cold of a weather in my life oh. <laughs> and um and so that was challenging for me so it took make like they were all suffering through it too so we were kind of like uh kind of feeding off of each other in, in as much of a positive way as possible mm-hmm. to get through that um, because we had a job to do we were going to do it and and they did well and kind of building off of that with when it comes to music you know that and they've done studies and they've done all sorts of things where music is not just about learning music. You are, lear- you are using other parts of your brain and building skills that go beyond just the music. And so it sounds like that's even more true when it, you incorporate the marching band and having not just being a musician, but being a musician as part of a group. So Rosalind and Alan, do you have other examples of how marching band has, has helped you, not just with music, but other aspects of your life? I mean, marching band definitely in college and high school is, gives you like a support group to like actually talk to people about. Cause I mean, my current roommate's my friend from high school marching band, and probably the most amount of people I talk to in college nowadays are people that were in band or in some part of music. So it's always good to have like a little group of people you can go, "Hey, I need some help with this," or, "You know, I'm I'm moving this week. Could you come help me real quick?" And they would almost always say yes. It has in so many ways that I don't know what else. Like, I mean, I, I, I know for sure, like, uh, because I see Rosalind a lot uh, from our 
we have, what, two classes this semester. Mm-hmm. I can say with certainty that she has created lifelong friends. Definitely. Uh, best friends. Yeah. That I can see that from the way that they interact with each other. So. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my main thing because I was very, very shy growing up. And then I was in a middle school band for two years, and I'm still kind of quiet because usually flute players are like, eh, just a little <laughs> quiet, you know. <laughs> um, but then I like got to high school and like I said marching band just being with people for so long uh, gave you the opportunity like Alan was talking about to really make important connections and bonds so and it like Dr. Vallejo was saying like teamwork is such a huge thing in band so I feel like I definitely have grown my communication and like teamwork skills in that way and especially with music you have to continuously listen together and um, if I'm playing too sharp I have to listen to the people around me so it takes a lot of like um, self-analysis, I guess, to sort of like grow. So I've grown as a person very much from music. So you mentioned being a support to the football team, uh, and that's obvious uh, on game days. And so what is your relationship with the football players? So from everything that I've experienced, it's very like chill. When we see each other, they'll be like, hey, and we'll be like, hey. <laughs> so it's kind of cool for like them to kind of give us this like validation of we see you, we appreciate what you're doing. And for being on the water team with Kappa Kappa Psi, I got to go like under the, down where all the players are, like trying to find an exit (laughs) with this water cart. Um, And like every time people would see us, they'd like stop and be like, hey, are you guys the band? You did amazing. And that's a really cool feeling. We also had imposter such a negative word. We had a visitor this year. (laughs) And uh, so we were warming up on our field. And uh, Dr. Moore says, hey, you know, the band got bigger by one today. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. She's like, look, look, look around. You'll, you'll see right away. And so I looked over and in the trumpet section was one of the football players who had played trumpet at Bixby High School at one point. And it was uh, his name. He's the one that ran the ball back on OU the year before. So he had just asked someone if he could just play yeah so they had the day off or something it was a monday off and so yeah he just came over and grabbed a trumpet and played with us and then left so yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. he feels right at home yeah. <laughs> with you all that's great i'd love to hear any fun or funny embarrassing enlightening stories from you from your time in the marching band i know Rosalind, you said that you saw some people faint um so anything yeah anything fun that you can share so one time, we, I'm telling the story because she's okay, but someone got injured. But we were under the tunnels about to run on. And as we're running, one of the flute players falls and lands on her flute and bends it. Oh. So that was not funny in the moment. But looking back, we laugh on it so much because, like, she's just sprinting full force and then just smashes on the ground. But she was fine. She wasn't. No, in, no breaking. No cuts. She just was like, oh. <laughs> and so did she have a backup flute? What happened? She just marched with that broken flute for the rest of the game. <laughs> and then um, she got it fixed after that. But Oh, dang. Yeah. That's crazy. And those aren't cheap fixes. So it was kind of like, ooh, yeah. yikes. The, the drum majors. So there's a platform. So there's the stands, right? The stands where we sit in the stadium. Well, there's this small platform that has these foldable legs and that are like maybe six inches tall. And somehow they've configured it to fit on these two different size bleachers. So they've kind of, it's been rigged in essence. And there are little wooden shims that they put underneath them to kind of keep it balanced. Mm -hmm. And then they put a ladder on top of this entire thing. 
right? This entire contraption. And then you climb to the top of the ladder and you conduct the band. And so, of course, the drum majors are young and spry, so they're like, they're not worried about falling. They, they, you know, they do their thing. I would only go up there to conduct the alma mater at the end of games. And even that, it's not a fast tune, so I'm not moving around a lot. But we started something this year where I would invite people to come in and conduct the band. And so uh, less hype man, right, for the football games, basketball games, he came in. And he was so excited, he did a tune that uh, he knew, like it was like a popular tune when Les and I were growing up. And uh, anyway, he did it, and he got so into it. And, you know, this is a big man like me, right? We're just like, we're tall, and just there's there's a lot, lot of us, and we're just like, and I'm watching him shake back and forth a lot because he was so into it. And I'm just standing there like, oh, man, I'm going to have to catch less, like, because this thing is going to break, like, because there's, like, there's just not a lot to it, right? And uh, I would, like I said, I would get scared just standing there, and he was moving around, and then, like, fast forward six weeks, and Dr. Shrum gets up there, and so she wasn't moving around that much, so she she was going to be fine, but, you know, we're just thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to fall, she's going to die, we just killed the president, like, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, so while it was nice to invite uh, these guests, we also had Coach Hoyt. Uh, she came in, and then who was the um, Warren the Cowboy? Warren the Cowboy. Oh yeah, came in and, and and conducted the band, and he loved that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, because we have a song for him, so he like conducted the song we play. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. What about you, Alan? Anything that comes to mind? We had the two are stupid. Uh, <laughs> definitely one of the funniest things that happened this year was we were at our bowl trip. And one of the tubas was at the back. They were working, I think, on, like, maybe the flutes or somebody. It was somebody up front. So when they do that, the tubas are listening. (laughs) But one of them had figured out that they were able to stand their tuba just freestanding. And so they backed away from it. They're like, guys, check this out. Mm -hmm. And about as when he said that, a gust of wind came through. (laughs) And we were like, dude, what did you think was going to (laughs) happen? And he was like, oh, that's my bad. And all three of our section leaders looked so mad, and it was hilarious. <laughs> all the time. you got to have fun. That's funny. Are you are you in KSI? No. Oh, yeah. No. Um, what is it? What? So we have uh, a band fraternity and a band sorority. Okay. And they play a huge role in what happens with the marching band. Uh, they do a lot of work to uh, in the in the background to make sure that – Things get checked, like uniform checkouts, and, uh, you know, we have to have water for people in the stadium for game days. And uh, when a visiting band comes in, we usually, we take them water and sometimes snacks. And and so these are all things that are done by the music fraternity, uh, Kappa Kappa Psi, and the music sorority, um, Tau Beta Sigma. And technically, they're band fraternity, band sorority. Uh, Consequently, um, this is a a, a huge... uh, fraternity and sorority all you know everywhere across the country and internationally i believe um yeah there's uh, international chapters and uh so uh this just happens to be the alpha chapter um because this is where cap cap psi and tau beta sigma uh came from this oklahoma state and uh and so uh over by the there's the headquarters exists um in town and so the the old train station there uh oh, yeah. yeah that's the headquarters oh, and cool. so i was a member of kappa kappa psi uh in my undergraduate program and my master's program and uh uh 
not quite. I wasn't active with the uh, during my doctorate because, uh, you know, again, I was pretty old and compared to uh, the the students that were active at the time. And so, but yeah, so Rosalind is a member of Cap Cap Psi, and she can tell you more about that. Um, so pretty much, it's just like a bunch of us who love music and love people like helping. So like Dr. Vallejo said, we do like the game day water and all that stuff. But we also do like rehearsal water. So I was on the water team. So every rehearsal, we would get there early, fill up the huge jugs of water and lug them to the stadium. Um, But we also do other things like more music based. So we have this um, thing called the reading band where we get student conductors up there to practice conducting an ensemble. So it's really cool and really beneficial for music ed majors. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really such a strong part of the band are the music organizations because we are really the people that you go to when you need like help. Like if the directors need something, they'll come to the presidents and be like, hey, get a, get a team together. We got something for you. So yeah, it's really cool. And earlier Alan mentioned like um, the community and if you need like, hey, I need help moving in, um, Kappa Kappa Psi and TBS, they both um, do like move in help. So the incoming freshmen can be like, I don't know anyone. I'm moving in by myself. And brothers and sisters will come and help them move in, make friends. I know that's how plenty of my friends in Kappa Kappa Psi joined it because they had that experience. So it's really helpful. Uh, organization. They also help faculty members like myself and my family. <laughs> they helped us move into our house. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and hopefully they'll help us move out of our house. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you all looking forward to for the 2023 season? I'm going to start because I'm not going to be here. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and what they're going to say is going to have more teeth to it because they're going to get to live it. But uh, as somebody who will always be a fan of the Cowboy Marching Band, I'm looking forward to seeing them on the field and watching football games and any glimpse of like the band. I, I get to go, man. That's so cool. Look at them go and just be proud. Like I was one small sliver of the Cowboy Marching Band. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm definitely looking forward to working with the leadership team next semester. We have two new drum majors and they're both great, amazing people. So I'm very excited to see what the leadership can team can do uh, for the band because we, we're basically all just best friends and we all want what's best for the band. I'm also, it's kind of the same vein, but both of the tuba section leaders here are going to be brand new people as well. So I'm excited to like see how they kind of figure out what they're going to do with our section. And then I always have a great time like meeting the incoming freshmen because it's always just so different to see different types of like all walks of life of people come through and just go. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would say like both Rosalind and Alan are both great leaders. People look up to them in their sections and uh, and there's... There's a bunch of other Rosalind and Allens in the band. And so every time somebody new shows up, they're met with someone like that, right? And so it's easy to find a home in the band right away. And and some people really need that. And it's incredible to see people turn a corner and in essence like blossom into a different person because of the confidence that being around people that care about you makes. Yeah. Okay, well... Thanks for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. And good luck with next year over at Marshall and here at OSU. Look forward to it. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Pokes. (laughs) That's it for another episode of the Pokes Podcast. 
Thanks to Dr. Phil Vallejo, Alan Campbell, and Rosalind Hodge for being on the show today. You can keep up with all things Greenwood School of Music by following them on Instagram at OKStateMusic. The Cowboy Marching Band is at OSTATECMB. And the College of Arts and Sciences is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OKStateCAS. Thanks for listening, and go Pokes! Go Pokes!